following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Here comes a cuttlefish. <laughs> I think I think I, I think that was good. The blah, blah, blah. No, no. Damn, that's scary. Oh yeah, I ate this chicken wing, mm-hmm. and it is literally the second hottest thing I've ever ate in my life. Like I was instantly crying. I started to get dizzy. I well, soaked through my shirt. The last time I did something like that. I had to sit on an inflatable donut for a couple of days afterwards. Are you talking about the scorpion? Oh, the scorpion indeed. Oh my God. Greg and I, we ate the world's hottest together back in, I think, uh, 2017. Yeah, something like that. And I'm actually kind of surprised that we even remember it. I think um, our spotty memories combined make up one somewhat complete uh, narrative of this incident. But I know I blacked out. During. Well, first off, we were extremely drunk. Well, you got it. Of course. Of course. And the waitress, see, we ordered our own taco, and the waitress was like, how about I bring you one, and you guys split it? Yeah, and it turned out that was uh, that was wise. The scorpion pepper, scorpion taco, whatever they put in this fucking thing. I think it was a, I, a dusting of scorpion. I was hallucinating. I, I was went, power walking. You threw up tar. I went blind. I... Greg, I saw God. Well, it's like I always say, God is a scorpion. God is the scorpion king. God is Dwayne Johnson himself. Oh, God is Rocky Mahavia. God is Rocky Four. God is Rocky Three. God is Rocky Dennis. God is Dennis Quaid. God is Dennis Hopper. God is John Popper. The blues traveler himself. Yes. God is Soda Popinski. God is Ivan Putski. Well, bringing it back, God is Ivan Drago. God is Draco Malfoy. God is John Malkovich. God is John Lovitz. God is Courtney Love. God is Kurt Cobain. God is Kurt Russell. God is Russell Crowe. God is Cro-Magnon Man. God is... Vince McMahon. God is Vince Shlomi, the Slap Chop guy. God is Shlomi the Money. God is Eddie Money. God is Eddie Munson. God is Eddie Munster. God is Eddie Murphy. God is Charlie Murphy. God is Rick James. God is James Brown. God is Murphy Brown. God is Britney Murphy. God is Britney Spears. God is Aries Spears. God is Ace Freely. God is the ace of spades. Hey, Greg, trick question. Oh, Who'd win in a wrestling match. Let me or God. You just want to put the. Let me. Just put just put the thing in for Mareheads. God. Okay, trick question. Wrong, dickhead. Let, Let me is, is God. God. Oh, I thought you would just pepper in the the actual quote. Well, we will, but we should also say it. Okay, sure. Yeah. Let me. Let me is God. God. <laughs> We're getting better at this. Yeah! Yeah! Everyone. Yay. We're damn scary. My name is Micah. I am coming out of Reno, Nevada, 
over there in Buffalo, New York, and equally drunk co-hosts of mine, hey, my hey, best hey. friend in the whole world, Greg, say hi. I ain't never crossed a man that didn't deserve it. Maybe treated like a punk. You know that's unheard of. I've been saying that for years, Greg. I know, I've heard you. How I? Uh, how's your week? How's your past two weeks been? I feel like I haven't seen you in a while. To be honest? Yeah. It's all a big fucking blur. Uh, you were in the woods again, weren't you? Mm, yeah. It turns out what happens in the woods stays in the woods. <laughs> I was floating on the Truckee River and I had a tequila drink with me and dropped it into the river water, which mm. filled up with about 80% river. I proceeded to drink it. And yep. then next thing you know, I started bleeding internally. No big deal. Oh, perfect. Well, I may have actually been abducted by aliens. Well, you got me beat, Greg. So kinda, you know, more or less the same thing. Yeah. Well, you remember uh, when I mentioned earlier that time that I had to sit on an inflatable donut for several days? Uh, yeah, those days are back. And you told me it was your first time. Oh! <laughs> it's, it's the monkeypox. Hey, did you uh, catch anything good this week, buddy? Besides monkeypox? Yeah. No. <laughs> but I did see a couple of trailers. Did you now? Do you want to talk <laughs> about them? Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, first up, this is one that I'm really fucking excited about. Yeah. I'm sorry. I lied. I'm very much not excited about this. Oh. This is the Spirit Halloween Store movie. Okay. I think you're being a little too harsh on it. Did you see the trailer? Uh, yeah. I did too. And what it looks like is Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. One of our personal deities, I, I would say. Oh, right? absolutely. He's up there, buddy. Well, he's debasing himself in the name of imitating Stranger Things. See, you say Stranger Things. I think this is more of a uh, a mix of Monster Squad meets Goosebumps. Okay. Or even uh, Goosebumps meets Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I mean, Five Nights at Freddy's is kind of bad got a certain charm to it but i think um yes i think that ground has already been covered yeah by, with uh um, willie's wonderland yeah you know i think they tried to do that i'm not sure how well it worked but basically what greg and i are getting at is this has been done it's a couple of kids trapped in a halloween store while monsters attack them i mean there's some potential there for sure but yeah. i don't think it's anything that wasn't done by bruce campbell in recent history Black Friday. Yes. Yeah, it does kind of remind me of that, minus the R rating. Yeah, well, you know, you're not going to top it with the R, so you might as well take a family-friendly angle and just see what you can do. I don't know. The trailer had some creepy elements to it. I think this is good for kids, good for teens, and well, good for straight-up That's what I'm saying. This is uh, It's taking a family-friendly approach. approach. Which... Yeah. A, you know there's a place for that but that place uh gotta say is not necessarily on my tv screen i'm gonna watch it because unless those kids are busting their <laughs> and out i don't want to see <laughs> i'm under arrest aren't i if you're not really digging on spirit halloween the movie i recommend checking out salo under <laughs> 20 days of sodom <laughs> If you're trying to fulfill that need before the Spirit Halloween movie comes out, 
it's really everything that you need. What are you, my dad? You know, if you do watch Spirit Halloween, the movie, maybe you want to cleanse your palate with something along the lines of irreversible. I don't know. Or a Serbian film. Why not? Hey, you know what? Why not have a little last house on the left? Forget yeah. about it. Maybe I spit on your grave. Hey, maybe I spit on your grave part two. What's the big deal? I spit on your grave part three. Hey, how about the remake? What of it? Just fun for the whole family. Hey, all right. That's what I like to hear. How about just some shit porn? Hey, you ever get stuck in an oven? Next thing you know, your stepbrother is plowing you in the ass. Yes, once. (laughs) It's why I'm in the wheelchair. Oh, Anyway, Spirit Halloween, the movie, will drop on VOD, otherwise known as VOD, on October 11th. It's interesting that you use the terminology drop, because I feel like this is just a big old turd being plunked into the bowl that is public consumerism. I'm gonna watch it. I know you will. Yeah, I'm gonna check it out. I do have a certain loyalty to the Spirit Halloween store after having worked for one for so many years as a teen. Oh, you did, did you? See, I was a lot cooler than you because I worked at a haunted house, even though I was in my 20s. Oh, well, I don't see any haunted house movies being made. (laughs) Mr. Hollywood over there. I was in a movie with Lloyd Kaufman. I think you're cool. I was in a movie with my stepdad. (laughs) Oh! (laughs) I don't really remember what it was about. I remember everything! So our next trailer is... The difficult to pronounce Ratsinest? Raisinest. Raisinest. Raisinets. Possibly the worst candy ever created. Raisinest? Raisins with chocolate on it? Like, come on, people. Oh, you're just going to shit. Yeah, not great. Not great. No, for days. The trailer is out for Raisinest. This movie is actually narrated by... A damn that scary favorite, Joe Dante. Sure. A synopsis for Razaness goes like this. There's a South African infant terrible filmmaker mm. and artiste, Manus Osinthurvin, uh, meets with Rotten Tomatoes approved indie film credit Babette Krushashank. Uh, All oh, these names suck. Yeah, I have uh, no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Uh, yeah, okay. They meet at an Echo park sound studio with key members of manis's crew joining they record an audio commentary track for his new elegant feature documentary razaness Mm -hmm. but the session goes down a different path uh i'm gonna stop reading this because i am just so confused riveting stuff here from from what i saw in the teaser it's a story about a hole yeah there's a hole there's a hole there's a hole there's a hole hole. maybe some stuff comes out of it maybe some stuff goes into it who fucking knows there's a hole and apparently there's some artists uh, i don't know yeah sure. critiquing the hole you gotta look at this hole is shia labeouf in this hole who's deconstructing in this hole? the hole constructing the hole reconstructing the hole putting preparation h on the hole <laughs> but the important thing is there's a soundtrack by one alec empire who some of you might remember from the band atari teenage riot i do not well, you're really not missing much. Okay. Yeah, they were like a um, like a dime store KMFDM without so much musical talent and just a lot noisier. So, yeah. Did KMFDM actually have talent though? Well, they had some okay stuff, right? Like they had a they had a real German sensibility about them. Oh yeah, they yeah. certainly did. The Teutonic variety of talent. 
unlike Atari Teenage Riot, who are just kind of noisy. So I guess Ratsonfest has that going for it. Sure. (laughs) Apparently this is going to be intense. It's going to be a new form of horror that we've never seen before. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah, whole. It's a whole genre. It's a fucking whole. Yep. Courtney Love echoing from the depths of the hole. Yeah. She's screaming about, go on, take everything. There is a pale white husk of a woman going through difficult withdrawals at the bottom of this hole. And uh, it's going to be an hour and a half of us listening to the echoed cries of despair while she just begs and pleads for just a little more heroin. Excellent. Great movie. If you want to see Courtney Love naked, go check that one out. (laughs) I want to see Courtney Love naked, said no one ever in the history of civilization. Well, unless you're Harvey Weinstein. So our next trailer is simply titled Glorious. Glorious! And this is a cosmic horror film of the Lovecraftian variety. I am actually really excited about this one. I know you are. Yeah, the world is threatened by unimaginable horror. And one man's fate lies in the hands of a selfish, unstable man who just needed to vomit. Apparently, this has something to do with Jason Stackhouse from True Blood. Okay. You know him from that. You know him from Dead Silence. You know him from Nights of Badass. He's super hungover. He ends up in a bathroom stall. And the fate of humanity is in his hands. Well, you know what? I saw some tentacles. I saw some space vapors. And I definitely saw a toilet. So you put all those things together. You throw on a little bit of a Lovecraftian overtone. And uh, I'm on board. I would check this out. Oh, absolutely. It's written by David Ian McKendry, Mm -hmm. Joshua Hall, Todd Rigney. uh, And uh, apparently this is what I like to call one of my favorite new subgenres in horror. Nihilistic horror. You know what would really improve on this, though? What's that? You just throw Jason Statham right into the mix and just see what the fuck happens. You don't think Jason Stackhouse is up to the test? I mean, you can put your stack house up against my Statham any day, man, but I feel like I'll win. Dude, guarantee you Jason Stackhouse has a bigger deck than Jason Statham, but Jason Statham will eat your p- I mean, he'll he'll transport your p- uh, from, to his mouth. From, from, <laughs> from point A to point B. He's the transporter. That's what I'm getting at. There's certain rules when you sit in a man's car. <laughs> Ass, grass, or cash. That's the state of <laughs> way. <laughs> I'm going to kill that giant shark I am. My name is Turkish, Tommy. Funny name for a belly dancer. I oh, know. Glorious! Starring Jason Statham. <laughs> coming soon. To a, uh, a shutter near you. I can't wait, personally. Oh, yeah. Apparently it's got a hundred... Uh... 100 on that old Rotten Tomatoes thing. Uh, I Horror is giving it four out of five. Bloody Disgusting is giving it five out of five. In a word, I mean, it's glorious. Hey, man, what can I say? But not yeah. as glorious as our next upcoming feature. Oh, yeah, buddy. Right? Simply titled. Ready? Can I get a drum roll? <laughs> 
Trash, trash juice. juice. Holy fuck, we're bad at that. Trash, trash juice. juice. This is a film directed, acted, produced, just completely created by our good friend Doug over at the Slashers podcast. Yeah, Doug. Whoa. 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 Wait a minute. Does the GH make an F sound? Is it Doug Woff? Hold on a second. Has his name been Doug Woof this whole time? Woof. Woof. Way off. This film is written, directed, produced, and acted by Douglas Woof. Douglas Woof. Our good friend from the Slashers podcast. It looks like a mix of street trash totally. meets Slime City Massacre meets uh, Spun. It looks gory. It looks really in your face. It looks like a real good time. Well, let me tell you, I saw some dildos. I saw some gratuitous gore. I saw a prominent banana bowl. Oh, that banana bowl was heaping with nanas. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I saw a woman with a shrimp hand. I saw guys shooting up. I saw brains. I saw, I, I want to say, a jugular spurting everywhere. I saw a lot of drug use. Well, this trailer had a very, um, like, John Waters meets trauma kind of feel. Oh, without a doubt. A lot of p- rubbing. Always a good thing. The movie looks great. It looks like a good time. It will be uh, premiering October 12th, 7 p.m. Uh, in uh, fuck, somewhere outside of Los Angeles. That's all I... Sorry, Doug. Just terrible. What's that date again? Uh, October 12th. And the time? 7 p.m. Okay. Well, let's all be sure to go check that one out. I've been told... Free T-shirts with every ticket. So, uh, they just give those shits out at the door. Like they're just goddamn candy. You don't even need a, a ticket. Doug Bizarro will be right there with a shirt gun cannon shooting everyone in the dick like RoboCop. Let's all support that as much as we can. Let's get a big round of applause. Yeah. Doug Wolf in the, the Slashers podcast. You'll get the damn that scary stamp of approval. There it is. Yeah. Hey, you get a chance to check out that Jordan Pill movie? Nope. <laughs> yes. I don't believe you. Oh, I meant nope. It's a nope. That's a big nope for me. Big I, nope I, for me, too. I nope that movie right out of my memory. How was it? Critics are mixed on it. It's like 50-50. It's, it, I don't know. I'm kind of hearing more bad things than I am hearing good things. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll watch it eventually. Probably not in theaters, but I'll watch it eventually. Well, I normally am uh, a bit of a fan of the work of Jordan Peele, whether it's comedy or tragedy. Get Out was good. I hated yeah. us. I fucking absolutely hated us. I like us. You did? What's wrong with us? Sucked. Oh. It's, I don't know what else to say. It sucked, man. Well, you make a compelling argument. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, hey! For the collectors out there, the killer clowns from outer space is getting a cotton candy and popcorn-colored vinyl. Fuck! What do you think that tastes like? Music. No, 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 no! It's a vinyl record. Pretty goddamn good soundtrack, though. Honestly, yeah, I love the soundtrack to Killer Clowns. I just love that movie. Killer Clowns from outer space holy shit mm -hmm. that would be my reaction love it absolutely love it 
Now, uh, I want to play off uh, a couple weeks ago. We were talking about Castle Freak, Greg. Yeah, it's been a little while, but sure, I remember that. Uh, uh, that uh, that was uh, the, probably our drunkest episode. Drunkest episode so far. I am high on cocaine! Uh, Barbara Crampton, Joe Lynch, and the writer of Castle Freak all team up for a Lovecraft film. Go on. The upcoming unnamed film is based on the thing on the doorstep. Okay. And it's said to be an erotic body swapping horror film. I love everything about that. And we know Lovecraft material in the hands of Madame Crampton is always uh, well adapted. Well, you're going to love this even more when you hear who actually stars in the movie, Greg. Is it Jeffrey Combs? Bingo, bingo! They've kind of got a, a thing that they do, you know? They have a thing. They're really good at it. Oh, but there's Guess somebody else. Jeffrey Combs and Barbara Crampton, they're not actually the leads. Interesting. They're in it. And, of course, Barbara Crampton is producing it. Mm-hmm. You want to know who the lead is? Can I guess? Sure. Rob Van Winkle. You've never been so fucking wrong in your life. I'm sorry. Heather Graham. Oh, the Heather Graham. Yeah. Of Boogie Nights fame. Yes. Bruce Davison. Who's that? I don't know. Well, he's not Bruce Dickinson, so. Uh... Jonathan Skage. I don't know him. But hey, and we all know and love judah lewis i can't call it <laughs> Shit. hey dude I-, I got a couple more things before we get into our feature okay uh dog soldiers and the descent director the director of those movies neil marshall is coming out with this creature feature and goddamn greg i love a good creature feature of course this is called the lair you think that lair has like some dog soldiers in it or what are we talking about here I think the lair is going to have some fucking nasty shit in it, dude. Like some ghouls? Dude, all I'm saying is this. The Descent, bad fucking ass. Yeah. Love that goddamn movie. Dog Soldiers, love it. Badass. So good. Uh, it's uh, it's it's full moon June, July, August. Full moon summer. Yeah, and you know what? Dog Soldiers is actually too good of a fucking movie for us to review. Sadly, uh, that is true. That is very true. So it's more of like uh, we're just going to kind of mention it and talk about how awesome it is. But yeah, this is very, very fucking exciting. Uh, It has something to do with uh, Sergeant Tom Hook is tasked with leading a unit to find Lieutenant Kate Sinclair after the Royal Air Force fighter pilot was shot down in Afghanistan. Pursued by insurgents, Sinclair has sought shelter in an abandoned bunker where she unwittingly releases the Ravagers. You said a bunker, a.k.a. a lair. <laughs> That's right. The Ravagers, a half-human, half-alien, man-made biological weapon. weapon. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, so, of course, this is going to be a fight for survival between these creatures, mm-hmm. the Ravagers. What a fun name. And uh, uh, these uh, uh, British uh royal air force fuckers well i guess to put it simply it sounds exactly like a cross between dog soldiers and the descent 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, in this guy's hands, it's perfect, right? You imagine, imagine the pitch for that. Like, oh, all right. Remember the movie Dog Soldiers? Mm-hmm. You remember my movie Descent? I do. Take the two. And set them in the sand. Sounds it's, perfect. You know what? Honestly, it does. I'm yep. fucking here for it. Well, it's like if somebody went to uh, like Steven Spielberg and they were like, hey, you remember that movie you did Jaws? And then that other one, uh, Schindler's List. Oh, I love that movie. What if we put the shark in the fucking... The layer will arrive in theaters and video on demand beginning October 28th, just in time for that spooky season that all the bitches love. Pumpkin spice season. Pumpkin, pumpkin. (laughs) Hey, James Gunn and Freddie Prince Jr. got together and they are in the talks to make a potential R-rated Scooby-Doo movie. Oh, my God. Yeah, they want it to be gritty. They want the gang to be kind of like older, like weathered. Hypersexual. Alcoholics, you know, I... Violent. Yeah, so it's... Like unnecessarily violent. I mean, we covered a couple weeks ago uh, the animated series Velma, Mm -hmm. which is going to be adult-themed. Looks great. Very gory, nudity, all that stuff, where Velma kind of branches away from the rest of the gang and does her own shit. Also, there is that upcoming uh, Winnie the Pooh (laughs) masterpiece along the same lines, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Can't wait for that shit. Yeah, that'll probably be awful, but, you know, whatever. Oh, how could it be? It's going to be violent. It's going to be gory. It's going to be poo. I mean, I'll watch a good poo. They should just call it poo. Yeah, two poos, one cup. Two dogs, one tub. Oh, you know what, Greg? It turns out that your old buddy over here is full of shit because I got one more thing to spit at you. Wouldn't be the first time. That's right. Now, this is just for you because I know how much you love this franchise. Okay, let me put on my surgical mask real quick. VHS is going to return to 1990s horror with VHS 99. Ah, the goggles do nothing. Only Fallout Boy can save me now. But that is fantastic news. Oh my God, I absolutely love the goddamn VHS series. Mine is viral. I love VHS so fucking much. VHS 94 saved the series. It brought it back. Hail Rotma. Hail Rotma. Hail Rotma. Love VHS 94. VHS 99. I cannot wait for this. It'll arrive on Shutter October 20th. That is like two fucking months away, man. I really hope they capture the culture of 1999 and include just a little bit of Limp Biscuit playing break stuff i hope that all the bitches in this have metallic lipstick maybe some of those studded belts oh man some low-rise jeans trip pants jankos butterfly clips burbies ball chokers y2k 9-11 october 20th vhs 99 next installment of the anthology series put it on your calendar no one love Put it on your calendars. Put it on your calendars. Put it on your... Hey, Greg, put it on your fucking calendar. Put it on your calendars. Put it on your calendar.
Did you want to say it again? No. All right. That's Put all. it on your kill. Well, Greg, before we get into the movie of the week, I think it's time for us to apologize. This again. Afraid so, Greg. All right. Well, Matt. Matt. Thank you, Matt. It's always the same. He's getting pretty good at it by now, right? He's, he's done it 89 times. I think you can do this shit one-handed. Well, per tradition, Greg, I'm going to go first. Fuck you. <laughs> I feel the need to apologize to a one Gary Sharon. Oh. Yeah. I actually, I, God, I actually felt bad about that. Gary Sharon was the lead singer of a band called Extreme. Mm-hmm. Uh, after Sammy Hagar left Van Halen, Gary Sharon took the place as lead singer. Now, if if you don't know who Gary Sharon sounds like, he sounds exactly like Sammy Hagar. He really wasn't that bad. Kind of a limp-wristed, softcore song for a band with the name Extreme, but uh, you go right Yeah, ahead. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Gary Sharon was famous for being the lead singer of Extreme, as we just said, that wrote the song More Than Words, which is the opposite of Extreme. Based on that, uh, I feel like he would be the perfect candidate to frontman a band like Van Halen. You know what? Yeah, because they ain't talking about love. But I'm also a jackass who's been hit in the head with a hammer several times in my life. So uh, my opinions don't mean shit. You go right ahead. Yeah, so Gary Sharon, who was the third semi-good-looking lead singer of Van Halen from 1996 to 1999, who uh, may have just gotten a real bad rap by being a softer, weaker version of Sammy Hagar, Sure, they only had one album with Gary Sharon, and sure, the record label sent back to the Van Halens uh, that, hey, we do not have a hit off of this album. What the fuck is happening? Uh, and then they had that one song that they tried making a hit. I don't even remember the name of it. And it just kind of fell flat. Uh, so eventually, it was uh, amic- amicable uh, split. Gary Sharon left Van Halen in 1999. And uh, I, I felt I was a little hard on him last week, saying that I would rather listen to Van Halen's Gary Sharon than watch uh, Amityville Full Moon. That's kind of uh, true, though. You know what? I'd rather listen to Van Halen Gary Sharon than, I guess, like Nickelback. So I guess, Gary Sharon, you got that going for you, buddy. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he's better than Nickelback. Yeah, you know what, Gary Sharon? You're better than Nickelback. Uh-huh. You're better than Imagine Dragons. Yeah. Uh, you're better than Taylor Swift. Sure. You're better than Ariana Grande. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, hmm. none of these people, these artists, these musicians, really even come close to David Lee Roth, though. I will know. No, no, dude. 
Diamond Dave. But yeah, so Gary Sharon. In closing, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah, yeah, you're not that bad, really. You're doing okay. I mean, but hey, you know what? This may have just been more than words. <laughs> In your face, Sharon. Oh! My, 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 Sharon. <laughs> did it, hold on. Did I just defeat the purpose of that apology? Oh, fuck. Ah, oh, sorry. Gary Sharon, we're sorry. Damn, that's Gary. Sorry. I'm yep. sorry. Our official okay. stance is uh, that we're sorry. And you're not that bad. All right. So I guess I'm up. Yeah. So I would like to apologize to David Batista. Oh, wrestler and actor extraordinaire for the statements I made last episode, which obviously our best episode. Statements I made about him speculatively being a high-capacity passenger vehicle for the sake of film. Get in the Dave! Particularly at the behest of one M. Night Shyamalan and his patented signature Twisticuffs. Dave, Mr. Batista, I enjoy your wrestling, and I don't think you're the kind of guy that several other people can fit inside of to take a several-stop afternoon guided tour around town. I said that solely for the sake of comedy, and I'm eagerly awaiting your latest non-pornographic feature film. Thank you. That was good. That was good. Did it sound sincere? Yeah, I like a good Batista. Okay, I think um, our legal department advised me to, uh, you know, make that known. All right, my man. I think that uh, that's on the back burner now. So let's get into the feature of the evening. We are sticking to full moon, but we're stepping away from werewolves. And we are actually going back to full moon pictures. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. With what, Greg? Well, it's going to be a little bit of killjoy. (gasps) <gasps> but we've done Killjoy, Greg. Well, I'm not talking about number one. Are you talking about number two? I'm talking about Killjoy, part three. Killjoy's Revenge. Yay! Finally, we get to the good Killjoys. Yeah, we said fuck to. We skipped that nonsense, and we went straight to the good shit. Oh, yeah, this is where it really starts picking up. Really starts to pick up, business picks up, plot picks up, the effects pick up, and more importantly, we finally have a suitable actor to play as Killjoy. Well, this is Killjoy 3 from 2010, directed by John Lechago. 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 But it's basically Stephen King's It, but if Pennywise is a sex criminal who listens to Cottonmouth Kings. He's a real juggalo. Mm-hmm. John Lechago actually wrote and directed this movie in a Japan. Oh, I thought you were going to say in the nude. You know what? Yeah. Greg, I want to hear my favorite part of the show. A ragtag list of characters. Okay, fuck face. Yeah, let's have it. Our first character is, of course, Killjoy. Kill who? Joy. Love him. Not even his real name, it turns out. 
No, no, it's not. But he is a killer demon clown from hell. Yeah. He's an agent of vengeance. He's a beacon of righteous anger. He's a born leader and a big old throbbing pervert. Yeah, he's also a topa. And this is played by Trent Haga. The beautiful Trent Haga. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah, yaga. I, for one, absolutely love Trent Haga. He wrote uh, 68 Kill, which came out a few years ago. He's in Cheap Thrills. He's in Body and Clyde vs. Dracula. He's in uh, all the Killjoy movies after three and then on, the good uh, which I think there was like seven of them. Sure. Uh, and uh, there's, there's another one in the works, apparently. Well, Haga is good in everything. He is. Uh, the last thing that I personally saw him in, uh, other than uh, Killjoy Psycho Circus, was Tales of Halloween. Oh, the last thing I saw him in was my mom. Tales of Halloween guy, is very good. The guy pops up in, in, a, in a lot of shit. I mean, he's in Starry Eyes. He's in Bloodshed. Yep. Uh, and of course, we all know and love him from Tromeo and Juliet, where he really got his big break. Full on classic. Yeah, uh, a, a main staple in Troma and just all around an awesome dude. And our next character is Batty Boop. Yeah, Batty! The beautiful Batty Boop. The sexy Batty Boop. She is a naked juggalette. She is a succubus. She is a sarcastic whore. <clears throat> Sex worker. Thank you. And also a sexual predator afflicted by vagina dentata. Yeah, she will bite your dick off. Which is extra scary to me. Yeah, because, I mean, fuck, man. Do we need to explain it? I mean, I'd risk it all. Mm. I'd risk it all. You're going you're gonna to lose something in that equation. I've been to the Gathering of the Juggalos at least five times, and I've never seen a Juggalette look this good. Not without chlamydia, anyway. Oh! Hey. But speaking of the Gathering of the Juggalos, our next character is Mr. Punchy. Yeah. He is a silent hobo carnival clown. He is a fish-breath sad sack, a talented boxer, and a highly suggestible, weak-minded man-baby. This is Al Burke, retired professional wrestler from the 90s turned stuntman. Uh, you could find Al Burke in such films as The Wedding Singer. Yeah. Uh, you could find him in Cradle to the Grave doing stunts and shit. Hell yeah. Uh, and uh, you know what? Uh, he's in uh, all the other Killjoy movies as well after this one. He's also rumored to be Dave Batista's dad. He might be. Uh, real fun fact, uh, Punchy speaks in an actual language called Carney. Oh, that's interesting. Carney is what old-time wrestlers used to talk to each other in front of Marks. Oh. Marks being wrestling fans. Mm -hmm. uh, Al Burke is an old-time wrestler that knows this language and actually presented it to the director saying, I could speak in Carney. If I'm a hobo clown, how about I talk in Carney? So they changed the script accordingly for Albert to say all of his lines in Carney speak. Okay, so he's an alcoholic high school dropout. What does that sound like? It would be something like, uh, I wish my name of bees news and uh, change by the bush bitch. 
a little bit more. Make it we're back with. Make it we're back with. So he's Brad Pitt from the Guy Ritchie Classics match. You know what? In a way, he is. Get your hands out there, you cheeky little joy. <laughs> so next up, we have a little character that I just called Kuato. Oh, God. Simply put, he is a mime with a baby growing out of his hip. He's also a totally useless waste of time and completely inconsequential to the overall plot of this film. I, yeah, it's... Spoiler alert, they just like throw salt at him and he fucks off, right? Yeah, he really he doesn't really do anything. He doesn't amount to anything. Uh, he shows up, he leaves, nobody cares. He has a bigger part in Killjoy Goes to Hell, which is Killjoy 4. Well, that's good to hear. A better part. I feel like he's got some potential, but uh, he really, he does not fulfill it in Killjoy Part 3. Yeah, this is Tai Chan No. He produced uh, uh, some wrestling shows, uh, UWF. He produced Feast of Fear. Eh, You know what? That's, eh, he fucked this guy. Okay, who's next? Yeah, he's, uh, he's super not important. No, no, no. Sure he's a great guy. When it comes to Killjoy 3, nobody cares. Yeah. So our next characters, I'm going to streamline a little bit by just calling them the kids. Oh, thank you. So let's move fast. All right. We've got Sandy. Yep. She's the good girl. Is she? Then we've got Erica. Okay. She's the drunk girl. Yeah, okay. Then we've got Roger. Yeah. He's the jock. He is. Kind of always has a football glued to his hand. Yeah. And then there's Zilla. Yeah, Zilla. He's the black guy. Oh, my God. You can still say that, right? Yeah. And that's all our kids. But I would be remiss if I did not mention one of the most important characters to Killjoy 3, known only as the Professor. Yeah, Professor, who gives a fuck? Might surprise you, but he's a Professor. This Professor is played by Daro Igus. Oh, yeah, was... Daro Igus, of course. He actually was in 1980's The Fog. Mm-hmm. He was in a couple episodes of NYPD Blue. I remember that. He was Dr. Bones in Martin. Seriously? Dr. Bones? Dr. Bones in Martin. Yeah. He's also a broken man, a demon conjurer, a deadbeat, and the fuck-up who brought Killjoy back for the third fucking time. Why would you do this? Eh, he has reasons, I guess, but I don't think he ever really explains them. During hey, the he's got him, and we'll get to that. All right, Greg. Come on, Greg. Dive into that plot. Well, here we go. It's time for Killjoy 3. Killjoy's yeah. Revenge. Revenge. We are reviewing Killjoy 3, but you do not have to watch those two movies to watch this one. That was our best episode when we did the first one, by the way. It actually was our best episode. Yeah. Yeah. But this one starts... With a man entering a dark shanty for a clandestine meeting with the voodoo pope. Yeah, the voodoo pope, or I like to call him Kevin Sullivan for our wrestling fans out there. Who asks this man if he's ready to pay the price, quote unquote. And this man says, "Uh, yes, I am. We got ourselves a real pumpkin head situation here, Greg. Mm-hmm. They kindly exchange handjobs until blood spills into a thing. And just like that, Killjoy lives again. 
Yeah, but this time we get a real different version of Killjoy. Obviously, yeah. I said before, this is Trent Haga. Mm-hmm. Uh, the makeup is different. I love the makeup. He has horns this time around. I love the gag that uh, his wacky, wild, uh, ridiculous clown hairdo is actually just covering up some horns. Yeah, that's what it is. It's covering up the horns because he doesn't want to show people how horny he is. Mm, I think this uh, this is the film that gave birth to that gag, too. That was actually uh, to cover up the fact that the horns kept wiggling. Sure. Uh, kind of like uh, the darkness in Legend, Tim Curry, every time he moved, the horns would move. He is noticeably stiff-necked in that movie. Yeah, horns don't really stay still. They tend to wiggle-wiggle. Well, unless they're firmly implanted and growing, uh, you know, directly out of your skull, just bone-on-bone action, uh, they're going to move a little bit. Or if you're Ron Perlman, but, you know, whatever. But needless to say, this man, who has just given blood to the cause of rebirth in Killjoy, says that he's paying the price in order to contract revenge. But against whom, he does not specify. No, he does not. But apparently Killjoy needs a little bit more blood. So he gives this guy a hand job, and even more blood comes out. He needs a whole lot more blood. For every clown needs a posse. Whoop, whoop. He splashes this blood around, creating his cretinous crew of killer clowns, namely Punchy. Yeah, the behemoth himself. Kuato. Fuck that guy. <laughs> and most importantly, the beautiful succubus, Batty Boop. Batty Boop. Now, this actress actually took five hours every day they were filming to get this makeup on. I believe it. They didn't want to use a typical uh, body suit, costume, whatever. So they wanted to they wanted to have something really unique. So they were like, hey, get naked. We're just going to paint you. Yeah, it's hard to tell if that was the actual original plan or if that was just kind of a line that the SFX artist threw out there at one point. Like, you know what, maybe we don't need clothes for this character. We can just, uh, just smear it right on you. You know what, buddy? I'm actually going to say it was director. I think it was a situation where the director really liked this chick uh, because he wrote the part specifically for her. Oh. And going off in the whole like, hey, I got this role. It's just for you. I wrote it for you. But guess what? <laughs> You're not going to be wearing any clothes. <laughs> you want a part? Well, I've got just the part for you. Because i got more white girls in there than the first lifeboat on the Titanic. And they all want to part in my movie. So he parts the Red Sea and decides to cast her as Betty, Batty Boop. Well, it turns out she was the right choice because she is absolutely awesome in this role. She's wonderful. Regular Harley Quinn. Absolutely inspired by that character, for sure. Oh, yeah, no doubt. So back to the plot. This man who has recently made a deal with the Killjoy Devil basically just steals a book to hide his boner and uh, pieces out the back door. It turns out he actually leaves without even naming a victim, which I think is the normal uh, procedure when summoning a demon such as Killjoy. You gotta be smarter than the demon. So for the time being, it appears that the insane clown posse is momentarily sent back to hell. Yeah, for the time being. Just in time! For the title screen! Yay! And during the title screen, we get flashbacks to Killjoy 1. Oh my god. And 2. 
to remind us how awful those two movies actually are. <laughs> yeah. After a bunch of floating mirrors show us the past inferior iterations of the Killjoy character, we arrive at a house where some college kids are having a party. Yeah, it's one of those, I like that it's one of those like low budget parties where the party just ends and everybody is quote unquote, I'm doing a air quotes, kicked out. Yeah, there's four people there. There's four people. They actually kicked a couple out for making out. Yeah, that was lame. Which I thought was kind of like, what kind of party is this? You just, uh, you know, nobody's allowed to have fun here. They were just playing seven minutes of heaven. Like, hey, I thought I saw somebody drinking over there. Get him the hell out of here. What are you guys playing? Beer pong up against the wall. Hey, did that kid just light up a cigarette? You're done. Who's playing music? Huh? <laughs> Keep it down. We're going to sit down and we're going to play Settlers of Catan. Too many pieces in that game. We want some fucking Uno or nothing. A little bit of Indian train. Because I like to roll them bones. The beat. So as a police cop is harassing these college kids who have wisely chosen to throw a party at their professor's house while he's away. Classic. Our heroes clean up almost immediately, like you said. This party was over as soon as it began. And we learn that Zilla, one of our main characters, has a crush on Erica, who is another one of our main characters. Yeah, that goes nowhere. Yep. And uh, our main man, Roger, who we know as the jock. Yeah, because he's holding a football the whole time. He does not drop this football through this entire scene. It's like it is just straight up stuck to his hand. Yep. A lot of that stick him. And, you know, I was foolish when I first watched this movie. And I thought that maybe somehow, in some way, shape, or form, this would be reincorporated back into maybe the ending. I don't know. uh Maybe he's good at throwing things. Maybe he's good at uh, dodging. Maybe he's a, you know, a a sports superstar. Like he's got to throw the football at something important, like real quick before like a gate closes. Not even, uh, not even throwing it like, you know, right at Killjoy's face or anything, but maybe he's got to hit like a target that maybe drops something onto him or like stops something important. Nope. never mind. Never comes back again. This, well, Greg, his... that sounds like it would be good writing. <laughs> it turns out that that has no place in Killjoy 3. Now, we're not shitting on Killjoy 3. We love it, but... Oh, it's a great movie, but it is not well-written. Plot is no. not important. No, no, no. So this is about the time where Sandy very obviously notes that there are no mirrors in this professor's house. Weird, and, right? And she finds this odd, which I'm assuming is probably going to be important Later on in the movie, I don't know, in the distant future, you know, far off in the script, maybe we'll talk about mirrors or something. This part uh, might be important, but not the football. But yeah, it turns out it's really fucking immediate. The next morning, Roger finds a gross, moist bag outside the front door. He brings it inside like an asshole, and the kids decide to open it together as a group. Yeah, why not? You know, we're staying at our professor's house. Let's open up his package. Yeah, and what does it contain? A mirror with the Killjoy demon inside of it. Yeah, this is Killjoy's magic mirror on the wall. But our motley clown crew is struggling 
to make it work, it turns out. They haven't read the instructions. They're having a hell of a time connecting the mirror in the uh, professor's house to the mirror in, I don't know what you'd call it, like the underworld or the, it's not really hell. It's, it's like a limbo it's, layer. It's, it's Killjoy's house. Yeah, Killjoy's, Killjoy's sanctum. Yeah, so there's a, there's a mirror in Killjoy's house and there's a mirror in the professor's house. And Killjoy, they're connected. And, well, I have to say, Killjoy's biggest mistake was that when he created his, uh, his team, let's call it that, yeah. Uh, he made them all very stupid. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, he's got to be the smart one. So they're not a whole lot of help when it comes to figuring out how to make this mirror work. But they eventually get it. With instructions. So, surprise, sir fucking prize. This mirror is a magic mirror that allows Killjoy to suck these kids from their house into his house. Yep, he just sucks them all off. Oh, okay. And they basically kind of just disregard that for the night because they have better things to do, namely watching Puppet Master 3. Yeah, Toulon's Revenge. That's a good one, right? Honestly, that was the one where uh, the puppets were the good guys. Yeah, it's where they, they, they turned face, which is kind of a common Charles Band trope. Yeah, it's a common trope. You eventually like Killjoy in the, the, the later sequels. The, the villains kind of grow on you over time, and by the time you get to part seven or eight or so, uh, then they're the heroes. I'm, I mean, I'm still waiting for those sequels to head of the family, but, you know, whatever. Oh, God, I would love that. And then there's Myron, the head of the family. He's got a big brain and a little... We Stackpools all have our... Uh peculiarities and it's bringing the stack pools even closer together we'll catch the little fox and i'll cut that right off his but don't you worry you won't have to go through it alone oh my god oh lance is coming (laughs) so while trying to get this magic mirror to work Killjoy eventually just says, fuck it. And he channels the evil queen from Snow White saying the famous quotation, mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the baddest motherfucking clown of them all? Let me grab those fucking kids. Wait till they get a load of me. And I have to note here, um, just for the sake of historical accuracy, when it comes to film, uh, the famous quote from Snow White is actually magic mirror on the wall. Oh, look at you, all high and mighty. Mr. I read books. Mr. I do research. Mr. Go fuck yourself. You know, if I was a gigantic asshole, I would say that this is a uh, just a shining example of the Mandela effect. I, I'm actually here for that. Yeah, it's totally but I'm is. not a big asshole, so I'm not going to say that. Oh, what were you saying? Well, Greg, this is uh, a shiny example of the Mandela effect. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, I agree with you entirely. Asshole. So meanwhile, while our, I don't even know what to call them. Are our heroes the Killjoy crew or are our heroes the kids? I don't know. I kind of hate the kids. Yeah, they're, well, they're just meat. They're, they're just bags of bags of meat. Yeah, let's, let's from here on out, let's call the, uh, the insane clown posse is going to be our heroes, all right? Yeah, whoop, whoop. So meanwhile, 
while our heroes are figuring out how to make this fucking magic mirror work, Biggie Smalls, a.k.a. Zilla, is wandering around the professor's house alone at night for some reason, and he comes upon the magic mirror on his side of the uh, dimensional continuum or whatever you'd call it. And where was everybody else? They just all kind of fucked off. I think they, uh, they passed out from abuse of drugs and alcohol. Excellent! Ah, yes. Classic. Don't forget, they have been partying nonstop since the professor left town. I mean, it looked like they were sitting on the couch watching Puppet Master 3, but whatever. Yeah, pretty fucking lame party. Yeah, I'm well, here for I it. mean, to be fair, it actually looked kind of fun. They probably, yeah, I think they had some snacks, they had some popcorn. Puppet Master popcorn. 3 is a good movie. It's a, it's so good. So good. No, I take that back. That's a pretty good party. I think they... I, I, I would have gone. I would have. It was 2010. So Zilla ends up walking up to the mirror, examines it a bit, and decides to touch it, and in a total Stargate fashion, oh. gets transported through the mirror into Killjoy's lair. More specifically, into his magical boxing ring. Oh, yeah, this is like a 1920s John L. Sullivan boxing ring. Vintage ropes, very small, close quarters, if you will, probably uh, eight by eight. He's stuck in the ring. Killjoy does a little bit of monologuing because it's fucking Trent Haga and he rules. But also, I love when actors talk with those crazy dentures. Sure. Where it's like Trent Haga just sounds like a normal fucking guy and he put the dentures in and he's like, yeah, my name's Killjoy. Yeah, go fuck yourself. I'm fucking Killjoy here. Yeah. Well, he basically it- forces Zilla to fight his main man, Paunchy, and his gigantic, and I can't stress this enough, gigantic, gigantic fucking boxing gloves. Oh my God. What a great gag. That's oh, incredible. But I love this scene so much because you could tell, like, between the lighting. And the actual physical movements that Big Boy Zilla is just pouring sweat that probably has the consistency of a tub of Crisco. Oh, he's dying. And I know, oh, yeah. uh, I know that you know a little bit about boxing, man. Did you analyze their uh, their technique at all, or did you see? Uh, did you predict the outcome when you first saw this? Well, I can tell you this: Zilla does not know how to throw a punch. Nope. They were all of his hooks were coming from like down underneath his chest up straight yeah. from the fattest part of his body i think is it had what terrible terrible form he wasted a lot of energy doing that probably explains all the sweat well at first uh, he seemed to be doing okay right but uh as you yeah, mentioned, you know what is, so did the so did the guy against jason Voorhees, Greg. He's, he's very fat so he gassed out quick oh yeah but one thing that i noticed yeah. as a as a layman myself it seems like punchy was playing the long game he had a little bit of a of a Homer Simpson strategy where he's just letting Zilla swing away until he gets tired. And I think he's just going to deliver that final tap to knock him over. The old rope-a-dope is what we call it. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah. Made famous by who? Homer Simpson. Muhammad Ali. Oh. Uh, what do you think of Homer Simpson? I think he's a good man. I like him. I got nothing against him but I'm definitely going to make orphans of his children. So about this time, Erica wakes up and comes downstairs to find Zilla having a nightmare seizure on the floor. A regular old nightmare in Elm Street situation we got ourselves, you know. Yep, it is very derivative of that series. It turns out 
Killjoy is sort of a uh, Freddy Krueger light. I, I, oh God. I, I, during this too, Killjoy is monologuing like crazy. He's, uh, he's popping up in uh, the corner as like a Mick character from Rocky. Oh, he's, uh, he's just chewing the shit out of the scenery. And you know all of this is just Trent Haga doing his thing. And I'm glad he did. Because it's moments like this where you really get to see that character shine. It's not so much the plot. It's not so much any kind of exposition. It's just the little in-between scenes. And I'm pretty sure he ad-libs a lot of this. I would oh, guess. yeah. Absolutely. Right, but the, the scene that's coming up is my favorite of the whole movie. All right. Well, this is where Sandy calls 911. But it turns out it's just Killjoy on the phone. Who would have fucking thought? You're not getting any yeah. calls out. Nobody's nobody's coming Yeah, in. it's where Killjoy goes. I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. <laughs> yeah, all the doors are sealed. All the windows are sealed. Nobody can fucking communicate. Real Rick uh, and Morty situation. Somehow Zilla manages to escape the clutches of Killjoy's boxing ring. I don't know. He, he kind of just comes to <laughs> back in the, the professor's house. But he's all kinds of fucked up from the encounter. He's got blood oh, all yeah. over his shirt. He's been punched a million fucking times. Internal by, uh, bleeding. Who would have thought? By a character named Punchy. Maybe you're going to get hit. <laughs> hey. At first, all of his friends just think he's on drugs. Oh, uh, yeah. Awesome. But Roger right away. Hey, Zilla doesn't use no drugs. Right, because I don't know what kind of drugs you'd be taking that are going to result in swollen eye sockets, broken teeth, and just a shirt covered in blood. Oh, it's meth. <laughs> you know what? I stand corrected. Yeah. 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 So Roger tries to leave the house to get help for his good friend Zilla, but the door is sealed with clown magic, and it seems that they are trapped forever. But if we go back to the layer of Killjoy, uh, we have Punchy and Killjoy in the ring, and Killjoy is very elated at the fact that Punchy kind of let him go. My favorite scene in the whole fucking movie, because out of nowhere, for no goddamn fucking reason, Killjoy slaps Punchy in the face with a pie, and motherfucker, I could not stop laughing at that scene. Oh, you let him go! What's going on here? Like, like, where did that pie come from? The day I don't laugh at a pie to the face gag, that's the day that my soul dies. Yeah, same. So this is where Killjoy explains to Batty Boop, or should I say Batty Boobs, that they have to lure kids to their side of this mirror if they want to be able to actually claim their souls. Because if you kill them in the real world, they, they just rot. They kind of just die, yeah. Yeah, they're just bags of meat. So while a bunch of the kids take Zilla upstairs to recover from his boxing wounds, Erica stays behind to clean up all the blood he left on the floor. Naturally, she gets sucked into the magic clown mirror. As one would. Who saw that coming? Yep. So in his interdimensional domain, Killjoy is waiting on his throne, farting loudly. And he informs her that she isn't his target, but he's about to devour that ass anyway. Oh, because he's hungry. And horny. He's very fucking horny. That's something that I noticed Killjoy 3 added to the um, added to the, the meta of the Killjoy series, is that he's not just a murderous revenge clown, he's a horny murderous revenge clown. Oh yeah, he'll rape you. So still attempting to find outside help, Roger 
writes an illegible note. I think it says, like, call police, help me, or something like that. But he scribbles it like a dumbass and tapes it to the window. I love that he also put please on it. Totally unnecessary. Anyone that's actually looking from outside is not going to be able to read this note. He did not think this through. I think he's just kind of panicking. But what he does see is Kuato outside and foolishly tries to get his attention. Yeah. Bad move, Roger. That's a bad thing to do, brother. Yep, because he immediately gets sucked into an endless funhouse tunnel where he's just kind of running down hallways for a while. Every time he turns a corner, it's the same hallway. It's that whole thing. Yeah, honestly, that's kind of it. Yeah, Yeah, really, it's not that intimidating. Yeah, Um, yeah. But he is eventually abruptly thrown back into the professor's living room when he face plants into a wall. You dumb idiot! Yeah. At this point, all of his friends crowd around the magic mirror, where Killjoy and Punchy are basting Erica like a holiday ham. In a delicious marinade. Yes. Uh, kind of upset because she's in there naked, and I thought we'd see some uh, barbecue-covered tittery. No tittery. We did not. Mm-mm. No, the only tittery we see in the movie is Batty Boops, making her the best character. Of course. Of course. Of course. Of course. But this is Killjoy's effort to lure the kids onto his side of the mirror, because as we mentioned earlier, that's the only way that he can suck up their souls. Suck. Yay! They just kind of watch this, and I don't know how much time really passes, but uh, we jump to the next morning. (laughs) It's literally a day. I did. They're just like, well, Erica's being marinated. She's Time in a, for bed. She's in a, a cooking pot being basted with gravy with an apple in her mouth. Um, let's all go get a good night's sleep. We'll deal with this in the morning. Surrounded by juggalos. <laughs> it's just killer clowns everywhere. Eh, she'll be fine. She's already in there. You know, let's take our fucking time. Yeah, let's figure it out. So they wake up the next day. Yep. And that's where Zilla starts scrambling around the kitchen trying to find shit you could kill a demon with. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, I watch Supernatural. Let's get ourselves some fucking salt. Also, he has conspicuously not changed out of his bloody fucking shirt. Like, what are you doing, man? You've had a plenty of time, right? Go take a shower. Go clean yourself up. You're still all messed up from that boxing match with Punchy. Yeah, three days have gone by by now. Seven days have gone by. A fucking two weeks. It's been like 21 days. It's been a month, dude. It's been three or four fortnights. It's been like 52 days. It's been like 57 days. It's been like 65 days. Dude, it's been like 69 days. What? It's been like 69 days. Nah. 69, dudes! And this is where Sandy makes probably the most poignant statement of the entire film where she asks, why are we even afraid of these clowns? Yeah, we're supposed to laugh at them. The answer is because they're fucking stupid. Yep. And I have to agree. Anytime anyone in my life has told me, oh, I'm deathly afraid of clowns. Oh, clowns creep me out so much. I'm, it's so know, stupid. I have it's this so phobia. stupid. Not trying to shit on anybody out there who has a clown phobia, but come on. They're just big, goofy assholes with paint on their faces. There's this whole trend now in, like, haunted houseworkers, EDM. Sex workers. 
sure whatever where like everybody's dressing up as these clowns and shit and i just don't like scary clowns and i don't i don't get it clowns to me clowns aren't scary no the whole point of the clown is to um make you laugh look like a fool yeah you know maybe do some tumbling maybe some juggling you know take a couple of shots to the face a little pie a little seltzer it's like everybody was so scared of Pennywise, and like, I don't know, it's whatever. Like I said, I've been to the Gathering of the Juggalos five times. Clowns just don't scare me. I'm more terrified of the average postal worker than a fucking man dressed as a clown. I am more terrified of the average Dunkin' Donuts coffee pourer. I'm more terrified of my garbage man. I'm more terrified of my dentist. He'll rape you. I'm more terrified of my lawyer. More terrified of my dad. I'm more terrified of your dad. <laughs> and he'll rape you. What are you, my dad? I'm more terrified of saltwater taffy. What the fuck? Yeah, it'll stick to your teeth. I'm more terrified of freshwater taffy. I'm more terrified of the ocean. I'm more terrified of Billy Ocean. I'm more terrified of Billy Zane. I'm more terrified of Billy Idol. I'm more terrified of Billy Eilish. I'm more terrified of Billy the Kid. I'm more terrified of Kid Cudi and his giant swans from movie X. I'm more terrified of Kid Rock and his friend DMX. Bam, go down! I'm more terrified of Rock Lobster and all the B-52s. I'm more terrified of the Love Shack. (laughs) Just then, the professor arrives, and it turns out that he's the man from the beginning of the film who traded a handjob with the voodoo pope for revenge. Well, this fucking guy, he's the professor? This fucking guy. Unreal. He explains the whole Killjoy story to the remaining kids, saying that he summoned him because he wants to send him back to hell, which just kind of sounds stupid, like you brought him back just to send him back. I don't fucking know. Who writes this shit? It makes no sense to me. No. But the professor basically says that Killjoy is a tulpa, like you mentioned earlier. Yeah. And that means that all of our energy and attention gives him life. Yeah, just like fucking Freddy Krueger from 95's New Nightmare. And the professor basically says, I know his true name. That's what gives him power. All I have to do is say that straight to his face. And that will be the end of him. And all the kids are like, well, what's his name, man? Beyonce. If you do the same fucking thing to Beyonce, you have power over her. I've heard that. Yeah. But the professor says, you know what? I can't tell you right now, which seems a little uh, short-sighted. Because if you tell all of the kids Killjoy's real name, then they're all capable of fucking him up. I don't know why he keeps this to himself. Professor's kind of a dick. Total dick. So this is when everybody resolves that they're going to jump through the mirror, through the portal, to the other side, into Killjoy's house, and they're going to fuck him up, right? They're all rallying. They're all getting into it. They're ready to go. And who's the first one to take it? Drake Bell. He goes right up to the mirror, and he gets transported into Killjoy's funhouse. But instead of confronting Killjoy, he just finds Batty Boop. Oh, good for him. A.K.A. Micah's 19-year-old juggalo wet dream. (laughs) 19. So naturally, 
he gets a little distracted. As one would. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Would. So next up, Biggie pops through the mirror, and he is once again beckoned by his nemesis, Punchy, who is ready for round two. (laughs) Round three, technically. But instead of fighting, he just kind of tries to convince him that maybe violence isn't the answer, and maybe you're directing your rage in the wrong direction. Yeah, he sits him down and he starts quoting Public Enemy. And of course, Sandy follows through the mirror and lands directly on a heart-shaped bed where Killjoy is waiting hornily. And he is all revved up with no place to go. Yeah, Killjoy's pretty bricked up at this point. Rock and roll! He forces her to belly dance for him. She obliges, offers him her virginity, which makes Betty very very jealous Ooh, yeah batty is not having any of this well you can tell she's upset because she is sweating right through her grease paint at this point but you know what else killjoy ain't having any of that shit either and rather than listen to her bitch killjoy just snaps his fingers and batty explodes in a cloud of chlamydia so we get to the dinner scene where we have everybody there sitting at the table Professor, Roger, what's her nuts? Uh, Punchy, Clotto, Clotto, Killjoy, and then on the table is Erica. Dressed up like a Christmas ham. Looking delicious and scrumptious, but they, I gotta say again, got upset. They got her boobs covered, Greg. And everyone is just kind of waiting for the professor to sack up and Rumpelstiltskin the shit out of Killjoy by saying his true name. But for some reason, he stalls. And Erica gets bored! Way to go, Erica! You're dead forever, you stupid bitch! She gotta rip the fuck apart. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of the scene in the first Predator movie where Billy gets his spine torn out. Ooh, yeah, 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 kind of like that. Yeah, she kind of uh, she gets fucked up more than anybody else in this movie. Yeah, literally, like she didn't deserve this. No, but here we have Killjoy playfully duking it out with Roger before just smashing his fucking skull off his shoulders with a cartoonishly large mallet. Don't you just hate when people take head but never give it? Of course. Yeah. And this is where Punchy turns face and manhandles the shit out of Killjoy's limp body for like 15 minutes. Yeah, this kind of took a while. Before he eventually, of course, also gets hammered. Punchy gets sent straight to hell by Killjoy's hammer of justice. Uh, So we're just left with Killjoy, the Professor, Zilla, and... uh, Sandy, is her name Sandy? The belly dancer. Yeah, Sandy. Okay, sure. So fucking finally, the professor decides it's about time that he should declare the demon's real name, which is Philip or Finnegan or Fizzgig or do you know what the fuck he said? I do. What is it? A baby. And Killjoy is paralyzed. Yeah, Killjoy drops down to his knees. He's like, oh, God, please stop. I'll suck your dick. He takes a moment to quote Nietzsche, 
which gives the professor a momentary chubby until he, of course, reveals he's only here because Killjoy killed his son. You wait. <gasps> Who's his son, Greg? I think his name was Michael or something like that. Stephen, Daryl, Stanley, Trent, Mitchell, Chris, Wesley, probably Billy. Uh, baby. It's Michael. It's it's Michael. Yeah, it's, it's Michael. It's it was Michael, Michael from the yeah. first movie. The kid from the first movie. The professor is Michael's father from the first movie. Again, you don't have to watch the first movie to get the point. Yeah. So that's what he was doing in the beginning when he was fucking with the voodoo pope. That's what he was doing when he was spilling his blood into the thing that made Killjoy and all of his clown posse come back. Which explains why the professor never named a victim because the victim was always going to be Killjoy! But the fucked up thing is, the ghost of his son Michael appears to him, and he doesn't even recognize him. There's something about, like, he never met his kid. I don't know. No shit. No shit! Well, but if you never met your kid, then why the fuck do you give a shit? Well, that's what I'm saying. If, you, if you've never met your son, you're just assuming that he was cool. And you need to avenge him. Like, I get it. Like, there's a there's a resentment there if a clown killed your your only offspring. Sure. But it is a little strange that when his ghost appears, he's like, who are you? Oh, Michael. Okay, all right, all right. Cool, cool, cool. You're the guy that I was trying to, trying to kill this clown for. Look, man, my kid was killed at a Travis Scott concert, and I don't give a fuck. I kill thousands of kids on a daily basis. <laughs> you don't see me resurrecting any clowns over it. Abortions for all. Yay! All right, Greg, I feel like we've been screwing this pooch for a while now. Why don't we just mm-hmm. wrap this shit up? All right, well, with your permission, let me take it away. Take her away. Well, it turns out everyone who has ever called upon Killjoy for vengeance just kind of becomes part of him. Your hatred fuels him. Your evil thoughts give him strength, which he immediately uses to crush the professor with his clown hammer. His hammer time. In an absurd twist of fate, this causes our remaining protagonists to burst out laughing, which makes Killjoy very uncomfortable. He shuts Zilla up with a spear to the solar plexus, but Sandy escapes through the magic mirror, shattering it in the process. Killjoy explodes like an overinflated clown balloon. Punchy puts his finger in his butt and smells it. Kuato the mime continues to do fucking nothing. And Sandy spends the rest of her life in a mental asylum where everyone gets laid. And it's the Couldn't have said it better myself, Greg. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Killjoy 3, Killjoy's Revenge. I I love this incantation of the Killjoy series, Yeah, but I don't love it as much as I love Killjoy Goes to Hell, which is the next movie that came out about two years after this one, followed by another sequel, which I think is called Carnival of Carnage, and then another sequel that is called The Psycho Circus, which is a compilation of all... The Killjoy films. There are many Joker's cards in the Killjoy franchise. There definitely is, Greg. Uh, 
See, Killjoy goes to hell. It's all about Killjoy being on trial for letting that one girl go, and they refer uh, to her as the one that got away. Yeah, sexual misconduct, I think, is the charge. That's funny. Uh, no, 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 it's hell, so that's, like, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Killjoy gets himself an attorney. He's on trial by Lucifer. Killjoy goes to camp. Killjoy goes to prison. Killjoy joins the army. Killjoy saves Christmas. Killjoy goes to school. Killjoy in space. Killjoy scared stupid. I don't know any more of the Ernest movies. Yeah, that's about it. But my personal favorite, Weekend at Killjoys. (laughs) Perfect. I'm going to give this movie three out of five scaries. It's fun. It's a good time. It's not really rewatchable. Mm. I there could have been a little more gore. I could have used a little more tits in it. But you know what? Trent Haga as Killjoy is phenomenal. They sure. really focus on Killjoy in this movie as opposed to one and two, where they focus on the shitty characters who gives a fuck about them, where Killjoy just kind of pops up like Jason Voorhees. And especially in the sequels, it's more focused on Killjoy. All right. Yep. There you have it. Greg, take it away, babe. Very fair. I think uh, I think you put a lot of thought into that. Yeah, okay. So my opinion of Killjoy 3, uh, pretty simple, pretty straightforward. Um, this is the first good Killjoy film. First two were yep. fucking terrible. Oh, this yeah. one's got, uh, it's got personality. Yep. It's got gore. It's got boobs. It's a lot of fun. This is where Killjoy really comes to life. Honestly, if you're going to get into this series... Don't even bother with the first two. Start at three. To be fair, he really is just a discount, low-budget Freddy Krueger. His powers are the same. His skills are the same. His abilities are the same. But, you know, a little bit of a different twist on it acted by uh, Mr. Haga as opposed to Robert England. Don't judge Killjoy because he's an imitator. Judge him because he's a very shitty innovator. Does that make sense? Yeah, there was one pretty cool shot where he peeled the skin off of his face and it showed a skeleton and he was trying to scare the girl. Five out of five. Oh, there you have it. Killjoy three Killjoy's revenge. Damn that scary stamp of approval. Go check that shits out. With that said, my friend, what are you thinking for next week? Well, it's August. We're still, uh, you know, knee deep in the, uh, the full moon bummer fiesta. We just did full moon pictures. That's true. I think we're going to need another werewolf, Greg. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. What do you got in mind? I want to do something that's not from our country. Okay. So something foreign, a foreign wolf. Yep. A foreign wolf. That's it. That's it. Okay. That's all you're going to get. All right, all you uh, detective sleuths out there, get on your fucking interwebs. Try to make sense of that. And uh, anyone who sends us a text guessing the correct answer before next week gets a free Slashers t-shirt courtesy of uh, slasherspod at gmail.com. But yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening to the program today. If you like us, Go check out all the other shows on the BICBP network. 
We have about 30 shows that are on this network. They're all phenomenal. But uh, continue to support independent horror. It's very important that you do that. Stay away from the mainstream. Stick to the fucking underground. And Greg, with saying that... Why don't you eat a big old banana sandwich? And then why don't you care for each other? But most important... Keep it! Damn, that's scary. Whoa, whoa. (laughs) Oh, God, what have I become? It's the monkeypox. You motherfucker, that was really fucking good. (laughs) Beyonce. Ah.